At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever dreamed of starting your own photography business? If yes, then check out our new course, How to Start a Photography Business. It's led by pro-American photographer Crystal Kenny. She offers a breakdown on everything you need to succeed and make great money running your own photography business. Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to the talented Swedish photographer Sandra Uberg. Sandra is a high-end wedding photographer and has a very impressive portfolio of work. We talk about the importance of building a strong business as a photographer, how to get featured by famous publications around the world, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, thank you so much for having me here today. So my name is Sandra Oberg in Swedish, um, or Aberg, and I've been a photographer for more than 12 years now, and I've specialized a lot within weddings, wedding and fashion photography is what I've done the most of, and um, past two years it's been more of towards portrait and nature photography <laughs> due to, to what we all know. Um, but I still do a lot of weddings and yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Wonderful introduction. I love your wedding photography. I mean, you, no matter what you photograph, it's beautiful, but especially your wedding photographs, there's that dreamy feeling in them, uh, very ethereal, straight out of the storybook. I can understand why people love your work. You just have that magical way of capturing people. And I think that's difficult to achieve. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> that's very kind. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've just over the years developed a style that's very much my own. Um, 
and it is very like ethereal and dreamy and I guess it's always been like kind of that I guess it's been like a trying to make the world more beautiful (laughs) I think there's a lot of tragedy so I think it's always been kind of my my aim and and I always naturally go towards pretty and um, dreamy and sometimes just wish that the world could be like that (laughs) I guess that's how I created yeah that's a really nice mindset because when people look at your work they might get lost in that world that you created and that might help them relax a little bit or or feel inspired so it's a good way to make people feel better about themselves in some way I think yeah that's what I hope and yeah it's really really what I'd like to do always is it's kind of yeah I've never been drawn to more dark photography or you know um I think it can be beautiful as well it's just always been my approach to try to make the world look brighter (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's good that you're staying true to yourself because uh maybe sometimes photographers feel like they have to conform to a certain style it doesn't mean that that style is bad but it's just sometimes we get lost in trends and we don't stay true to our unique style whatever it is so I think it's better to just embrace what you love and uh, show the world what you can create with that. Exactly. Yeah, I think so too. I think we need to really stay true to our own inner voices as artists and photographers, definitely. Um, and it's also where it, you know, it resonates better with the viewer. I think they really can see you through your work. And yeah, so for me, that's super important. And when I don't, it always... <laughs> it always goes badly <laughs> oh yeah yeah I can relate to that and I completely agree, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all been there as photographers not really been in integrity with what we're <laughs> trying to create and it doesn't work out <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah and when I did research on your work uh, uh, a common way that I saw people describing you as was a luxury wedding photographer so for the listeners who don't know what luxury wedding photography is could you please explain it yeah, so I guess it's like high-end weddings usually that I shoot. So those are, I mean, I'm specialized mainly in Europe. So it's a lot of like France, Italy, um, castle, uh, estate kind of weddings um, where there's a, quite a big budget for like both photography, but also for flowers and the whole event is quite um it's quite extreme or like extraordinary, I guess you should say. Um, so it's like a higher end market than just like the the average maybe uh, wedding. At least in Scandinavia, weddings tend to be a little bit smaller and more low key. And I do photograph those as well sometimes, but they're mainly those more luxurious um, high end weddings that I do. Yeah, extraordinary is a good word to describe it. The photos that you yeah. take, you know, beautiful decorations, a stunning, uh, dramatic in a positive way. And I mean, the most beautiful dresses I've ever seen, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, they're amazing. I always get amazed by my clients and like just, uh, you know, the extravagant ways that they can do it. It's really kind of a cool thing. I feel super privileged to be able to to have that job and to see so much just really beautiful stuff and and it's all there for me to photograph which is 
yeah, it's just, I'm really, really, I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can imagine. I'm curious to know, um, how did you get into wedding photography in the first place? Because you had a different career, completely different career before this in marketing, right? That's right. Yeah. So I started out um, in marketing and sales, actually. Um, and I just took photos on the side. It was just my hobby. And um, I actually went on a big trip with my cousin to Australia. And I took a lot of photos on that trip. And I remember saying to her, wow, if I one day could be a photographer, I think that's like what I'm, you know, destined to do and be. And um, eventually I, I really was unhappy in my job. And actually from one day to the next, I kind of quit. And I just felt like I had to take a risk on something else. Uh, it wasn't really the wisest of decisions, <laughs> maybe. Um, but it definitely pushed me over the edge and into something completely new. And I did like a little bit of marketing for other companies and stuff like that through my own company for quite some time. And photos was still like a bit of a side business. And then I randomly met a girl that was going to get married and we talked about I could shoot her wedding. And I think it was just like very few, you know, euros that she could pay for that. And I was like, oh, but I'd like to try. Um and so that's sort of how I slipped into the wedding photography side of it. And um, I don't have a formal photography education, but I then spent a year in Milan where I was um, working for or with or not paid, but um, <laughs> so it's not work, but I got to tag along with a really great photographer there that was a fashion photographer for big brands. Um, and that was sort of my introduction to the fashion world of it. And then in my own side, I like stumbled onto the weddings. So I think that's sort of how I got started. And then I realized that I loved both sides. Like I liked the weddings. I didn't so much like how at that time they were very traditional. Um, so I always try to get my clients to kind of be more adventurous with their photos um, and at the same time, I loved, loved, loved creating these fashion unit, like, yeah, this universe of these, like, you could sort of play more with that. Um, and I think at some point, I just started merging the two. And that's really when I think in, in my like photography, that's when it really came together where I got to mix like this fashion creativity with um normal weddings I guess you can say but you do get what I mean so you just sort of mix the two and then it became this ethereal kind of wedding fashion world <laughs> yeah it makes a lot of sense it's so cool to see somebody who was able to merge multiple interests into one and turn it into a yeah. business as well that's really cool. I think that's where we always struggle right we like to do several things and we feel like we need to pick one so cool. yeah yeah <laughs> and how long did it take you before you were comfortable in your photography business like you were earning enough to support yourself um I mean I did have a bit of savings so for the first 
I think the first two years was kind of, you know, hard to really sustain. Also, where it would have been great to have kept that <laughs> other job mm -hmm. in hindsight. <laughs> um, or maybe, but then again, then I probably wouldn't have thrown myself into it the way I did. Um, and I was able to just do that um, and really go all in on it. So I think, yeah, I mean, it probably took a few years. Mm -hmm. I think it, it, yeah, definitely a few years before it was something that I could live off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, first you need to get used to the whole environment because it's different to what your previous job was like. But I think it, that your background in marketing probably helped you in some way, right? It really did. I mean, I had that background in sales and marketing and it definitely helped me to know what to do and also to push myself forward um, and out there. But I think like with everything, it's like building the confidence and knowing you can actually do it is probably what takes the longest time. And I think that's also why it was so great for me to really learn from someone else. Otherwise, I think it would have taken me a lot longer. You know, once you build the confidence from learning and knowing that you can do it and you fail and get back up and do photo shoots. And I shot a lot, you know, you just shoot a lot the first few years and half of that I probably wouldn't ever show anybody today <laughs> but, but that's the point right and at that time it was like blurry photos was like the main concern today I guess the cameras are so good that it's not such a big worry but it really was like this whole thing you come home and it was blurry or out of focus and there's so many so many fails <laughs> between so but that was just part of the learning process I guess yeah, yeah, everyone can relate to blurry pictures. Oh, <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. I can't yeah. see that we've all been there. <laughs> oh, but yeah. on your website, you say that running a successful photography business is much more than photography. And this is something we touched on a little bit right now. What are some common mistakes that photographers make when starting their own businesses? Yeah, what are the common mistakes? I mean... One of them, I think, is um, actually is one of the things that I really like to teach and talk a lot about is branding. And I guess it is my marketing background as well. But we can be great photographers. And I see this all the time. And I run workshops and do these like online courses as well, because I see so many photographers that take amazing photos, but don't know how to market themselves or don't know how to, you know, position themselves or do the branding or get someone that can do the branding for them. Like I'm talking about like logo, a website that looks really good and professional, like all that stuff around it is so important. And it's just today, just not enough to just take beautiful photos. So I think that's really one of the, the things that I think are super important to look at and, and have in mind when you know, when starting out and where I see a lot of people kind of fail if they don't get that working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's important yeah. to have a website to present yourself basically yes. as a photographer, not yeah. to just take good fit pictures. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, and also have like, you know, a website, but also have like a logo or a, like a presence that makes people remember you. Mm -hmm. yeah to have I a, think a lot of that is building your brand at least for me it's been it's made the 
huge difference that I've built a brand around my photos and not just them on their own. Yeah. And I noticed that you have a blog as well. And on Instagram, you're very active and you just, yeah. most posts are accompanied by a story or some personal experience of yours. You do open up a lot and I appreciate that. And I think that helps a lot with your online branding. Yeah, that's true. I, th I think I really struggled with that in the beginning. I thought it was really hard to sort of show up in that way. And, you know, it's, it's kind of difficult to have your face on social media, I think. But I also think it's really important because photography is such a personal thing, which is probably also why it makes it harder to show up and be seen. But if you if people can't know you, it gets really hard to to understand your art sometimes, I think. And I think it really helps people to resonate with you and understand if if you're the right photographer for them. So in my experience, the more I show up, the, the better clients really I get. Does that make sense? Like more clients that match me come to me. I understand. Yeah, it's a really great approach. And I can relate to this uh, from a podcasting yeah. uh, point of view because before I get to know my guests, I usually don't know what they're like in person or virtually. And yeah. when I finally get to know them and I ask these questions, it's always very interesting because I appreciate them more as people. I get a really clear idea of who they are and that makes me like their art even more. So it's uh, it's all about maybe right. not opening up completely, but at least showing people who you are to a certain degree. Exactly. And, and of course, like then there's some that maybe overshare, <laughs> you know, it's like a good balance of like what you want to share with the world. And of course, like Instagram isn't the real world. So of course it's curated <laughs> as well. Um, but I think it's a good way to show up at least as honest as you can. Um, I think that it really helps you also attract the right people to your business. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you have been focusing on creative portrait photo shoots. And I noticed on your website, you have something called soul capture portraits. I really yeah. like that name because it implies that you get to know your models and you try to take authentic photos of them. That's always really nice, but difficult to do. But what are these photo shoots like? Well, so for me, um, I mean, during COVID and that, you know, then, then all the weddings completely stopped. And I have always loved just taking portraits of people, but I really got more into it. And I developed kind of that soul portraits during that, because I guess, we all had to slow down a bit and and that was really good for me to to kind of slow down and for me it's about actually spending the first like 10 minutes at least talking to the person that I have in front of me um because if I can see them you know when you're when they're met with a camera their reaction is going to be different to if you're speaking to them about the weather and what they had for lunch or <laughs> what they do for work or whatever it might be. And once you meet people like that, then you start to see their expressions and you start to see their person and you see them laugh or you see them look concerned or you sort of, for me, it's a lot about reading people and, and also in that, like giving a lot of myself to that conversation. And so I spend quite a bit of time at the beginning um, talking to the person. And I've, of course, 
been riding with them for a little bit so I know some of the things but I might not always know you know more intimate details or a little bit more understanding of them and for me to do that is like super important to be able to capture the right person I know that might sound weird but I think we can all like just have this like persona that we put on and I think that in portraits is if that's what you capture, you're sort of leaving out something that you didn't get to see. And so for me, it's it's all about getting them to be comfortable enough with me to bring out that person that they truly are. And once I get to see that, I can capture it. But it takes a bit of, it really does take a bit of building that trust, but also um, seeing it yourself, you know, like kind of, kind of falling in love is maybe a big word, but like in some way fall in love with something about your subject or see something beautiful in them or see that soul behind the person that might act cool or just look beautiful or does that make sense? So you just, you you go in and try to really see who they are and try to capture that. And sometimes therefore you have to, guide them in directions so it's usually hard for people to let go I find so I will guide them towards um, it's usually easy to be standing there smiling straight at the camera but it's harder to jump around and run on the beach or something so also depending on the person and of course what the photos are for (laughs) if it if it fits but but to get those soul portraits, for me, it's about getting out the person um, behind that just pretty face or just normal portrait. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you for explaining that. It's really beautiful <laughs> that you want to connect with your models in that way. And I'm sure that all your clients are very happy with the pictures. I've seen a few of the photos and there's definitely true authenticity in them. Yeah, and that's what I try to do because it's really, I think that is what makes the difference in photography. At least today, there's, we're all there with our phones, you know, we can all take fairly decent photos, but to take those photos of true connection, I think you, in, in my case, I feel like I need to connect to the subject, to the person in front of me to be able to really capture them. So I think that's a lot what it's about. Absolutely. Yeah. Many of your photographs have been featured in Vogue and other famous publications. I know there are many photographers who want to get to that level where they feel like their work is good enough, but they just want to collaborate with bigger companies and bigger publications. What advice would you give to those people? So like how to get there? Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, maybe with when it comes to magazines, maybe my question was too broad, but yeah, 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 it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, first of all, don't wait for them to find you. (laughs) I think as photographers, we have this hope that if we just produce great work and sit back and relax, someone will come and find us. And very rarely that happens. (laughs) It does sometimes happen, but I think in my case, that has been quite rare. And it's really about putting yourself out there, I think. Um, showing up, um, being present, whichever way that takes. I mean, for me, it's been like 
researching who is the editor of this magazine that I want to be featured in and how can I make them know that I exist? <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, and I also think it's important we do that in a good way because I see some people kind of, um, when they try to approach a magazine, maybe do that in a bit of a, a backwards way or almost entitled way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important, or at least in my case, I think if we're really humble with what we do, um, that has really served me. And I am probably like that by nature, but I also think it's important that we don't have to be like, hey, I'm just the best in the world, you know, because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they see a lot of photographers and they hear a lot. So my approach has always been to, to approach them in a kind sort of way saying who I am, what I love to do, show a, a beautiful collection of some of my best work and only my best work. And that, that can be a, a great challenge, I think, for most people to actually curate their own work. I think that's one of the harder things. Um, mm -hmm. But once you have that curation, you can show them that. And of course, it, it can be adjusted to fit the specific magazine. So if I approach like um, Vogue, for example, it's going to be much more like high-end fashion oriented, even though it might be weddings, for example, uh, that I show them. I won't show them a low budget wedding somewhere, even though that might have been beautiful, but I know that they'll be able to tell the clothes, the details, you know? So, so always like tailor it specifically to the magazine you approach. Mm -hmm. uh, that's wonderful advice. Thank you for sharing that. I've never thought of that, but it makes a lot of sense because if you want to work with someone, you want them to like your work. So you need to cater to them in a way by showing them photographs that you think they would like. And obviously yeah. also being kind and humble, it's very important, if not the most important thing. <laughs> I think so. I think that gets you far and and it makes people see you. And if, if they like your work, they'll get back to you. And maybe they like your work and it's not the right time. And you know, you can keep connecting with people and it does take a long, lot of time. Also, again, it's about building the trust and them seeing the consistency in your work um, so that when you contact them a year later, you have grown and it's even more amazing, but it's still consistent with, you know, with your work in whatever way that is. Uh, for me, that is that light, airy universe and uh, there's a lot of magazines that where that doesn't fit. Um, so I also think it's about like approaching a magazine in which your work will fit to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. 
If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. As I've already said a million times in this interview, your wedding photographs are absolutely magical. How do you prepare for your photo shoots so that your clients have the best possible experience? Yeah, how do I prepare for my photo shoots? That's a good question. Well, I always arrive early or the day before usually because it can be anywhere that I'm shooting. So I want to be able to look at the different locations as much as, of course, I want to connect with the people that I'm photographing, but usually they're very busy when it's weddings. Um, So for me, it's all about scouting the right locations um, so that I have, you know, everything organized and everything is like planned from my side, both the timeline of the day, what photos I'm going to take where, Um, not always in detail because I like to to not feel too constricted by something but I like to know and have an idea of of what it's going to look like and what I'm going to photograph where um so I always arrive early to try to get that set up and um then I really sit down and make like a funny thing that I've always been teased by, but I actually make like little stick men drawings <laughs> and they're really, really ugly. <laughs> but for me, it helps me to draw out the photos that I have in mind that I cannot miss. And <laughs> because I'm visual, I guess I remember them like that, but that is something that I always do. So I literally draw this little frame and inside I draw a picture of like a little stick man and a stick woman or whatever. And the positions that I understand, probably only I understand what that looks like. <laughs> and, and that's sort of my, my planning. Cause when I have that, I'll stick to that and know that I need those 10 photos from that day. that are going to be kind of my winning images. So I, I plan those quite well and the rest also because it's a wedding you never know what's going to happen so you also have to be just prepared and willing to improvise whatever comes your way but I think as long as you have something that's very very you and very much just going to represent your work then you're safe (laughs) that's such a cool approach but when you first started talking about the stickmen I thought that you just randomly draw them to not feel nervous Maybe that's part of it as well. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's how I let out my nervousness. <laughs> I was like, she just randomly draws frozen rows of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually do it to sort of know what I'm going to photograph. But you know what? I think it does help me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And um, I think that's so smart. I don't think it's silly at all because then you can visualize since you said you're a visual person. And you get those most important shots that you needed. Exactly. And once you know that you have those, you also feel certain that you can deliver. For me, it's there's high expectations on my work and on the day. Um, so I do get still now after 12 years, you know, a little bit nervous and kind of butterflies. But I think that's a really healthy thing. I don't like it if I don't feel that way, because I think that if I really truly care a lot, I get that like nervous feeling. And so it needs to be like that, but then it's good to have a set of rules or plans in place. So, you know, you can deliver that, 
that product that the client expects from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's nice of you to do. You care about each photo shoot. It's not good to be overconfident. No, it isn't. And it's it's not in my nature either. <laughs> Unfortunately, I feel like sometimes. Um, but I think it is good to, I'd rather come really prepared for it. And, and a lot of it is for me is also like doing actual yoga or doing something good for myself. So I am present um, because I find that when I'm present with the clients, once I meet them, that connection becomes really instant. Um, and they're obviously on one of their biggest days in their lives. So <laughs> they're under a lot of pressure often or very nervous or stressed. And if you can kind of hold that, I don't know, hold that energy for them of being calm and put together and not stressed out and remind them of why they're here <laughs> Um, remind them of what's important because it's so easy on that day to lose track of what's important and get stressed you know having not most people don't are not used to having like photographers and videographers around them all the time so just that creates kind of a stress um, for most people so I think like my greatest job is really to make them comfortable yeah And I'm sure that it's fulfilling for you when you see that your hard work has paid off and you have taken good pictures and made your clients feel comfortable. Yes, yes. And you can see it, as you know, as a photographer, you can always see a photo where people are not comfortable. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It just screams. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's just very in your face. You can feel it. It is, right? And you see like a clenched hand or you see like the jaw tight or as soon as you see that, it also, for the viewer, brings some kind of weird emotion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like watching... A video of somebody feeling uncomfortable you just instantly mimic the way that they're feeling it's just not a nice feeling that, in general yeah and that's what we do as as people and I think that's why as a photographer that's like one of the most important things is to really be able to get your subject or your person in front of your lens to relax so that you can capture that person in a real way rather than you know in a distressed way Um, and that's what's going to show it's what's going to have other people come to you and it's going to resonate with the right people as well absolutely so you said that your first wedding uh, you got paid very little for it actually right and now you're in the high-end wedding industry so how did you make that change did you market yourself in that specific way did you already know that you wanted to work with um, high wedding clients um yeah no I didn't actually know that at all and it was I sort of stumbled upon weddings as I said um so so I didn't think that was something I really wanted to do it was more actually I remember saying that was the last thing I wanted to do (laughs) from the beginning which is like an irony right but um no I from my first wedding was just that random one and then um it just kind of got to be that I shot probably more and more fashion wedding inspired and that naturally drew another kind of client towards me I think that's the better way of saying it so 
and also what I usually teach a lot is like you want to shoot things that you want to shoot more of and you want to show things that you want to shoot more of so you're constantly elevating and building on that momentum that that one photo can bring and um and if you don't necessarily have those weddings what I also did in the beginning and still do today is like I style a fake wedding I guess you can say but a styled shoot um, where you set up exactly the details, how you want them, what you dream of. And in that way, you can like elevate your own business because then your clients will see that and that will be what they want. So so I think growing from first wedding to where I am today with high-end weddings has been like a slow-growing process, but also of my own like elevating my own work and sort of um, keep getting that to the next level. And if I didn't have the actual clients for it, I would, as I said, create the, the photo opportunity myself so that I could keep growing. I love that you take initiative and you try new things. It's very admirable. <laughs> yeah, I've got to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh... I think it's not some, the first thing that comes to mind because sometimes we, as you said previously, we expect people to, you know, we expect magazines to reach out to us or because we feel like our good work is good enough. Yeah. However, it's good to always be humble, as you touched on earlier, and to take initiative and try new things and show people what you're capable of uh, without them yeah. having to ask for it. Exactly. And we're only, you know, as good as our last work really is how I always work. So. So everything I do, I put a lot into, which is what I think has been part of my success as well, that I I truly see that if I just go fully in and really pour myself into my work, it will come out as I want. And then that will, you know, keep building really from the beginning. And of course, we all start somewhere. And then, but if we every time improve, like, you know, we talked about this podcast, how it's gone from making a podcast every week to all of a sudden 100 podcasts and it's the same thing with photography all of a sudden you have a portfolio with so many beautiful things so many beautiful weddings or people or you know and then eventually you really have grown yourself this incredible portfolio yeah it's important to get into a flow and to really enjoy every moment and I think that'll make it easier to reach certain goals yeah yeah Definitely. I have another wedding related question for you. <laughs> yeah. I, this came to mind as we were speaking because I thought about it in like a high end wedding. That is how different is it to a traditional wedding in, in terms of time? Do you need to shoot more? Is there anything special that you need to do other than taking photos of, you know, extraordinary decorations and things like that? So for the high end weddings, I think I never shoot them alone, which is what I think is, is a big difference. Um, I always have a team, so it's at least me, one other photographer, and sometimes a third photographer. Mm -hmm. So already there, you kind of set the bar quite different to, you know, to a normal traditional wedding, um, because it will have elements that, and there's lots of different elements, and there's the table settings, and there's the dress, and there's the getting ready. So two photographers at least at a wedding like that so that's a, a big 
difference, right? Rather than going yourself with one camera and shooting it. So mm -hmm. I think uh, for us, I have two cameras, so I'm always shooting with two cameras. And the other photographer is usually always shooting with two cameras. So all of a sudden you have <laughs> like a much bigger setup right away than maybe the average traditional wedding. Yeah. So that's like the main difference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that I think that's probably the main difference between the two. And then of course the setup is just usually incredible <laughs> as it is, but but there's going to be more people. There's usually more guests. There's more things to photograph. The days is about the same length, but the stress level is probably five times higher <laughs> than, oh, yeah. than the average wedding. You know, the stress level of the people and also of there's a lot more vendors. There's a lot more just nervous people around. <laughs> Let me say it like that. There's a lot more high stress and expectations on you. And that, of course, is what you want to try to manage well. <laughs> yes, that's why you have to draw stickmen before the shoot. Exactly. <laughs> Therefore. <laughs> you said that you shoot with two cameras. Uh, what camera equipment do you use? I use um, Sony equipment. So I have two Sony cameras. I have the new A1 on one side and, and an older Sony um, 7R3 on the other one. And they're both mirrorless cameras. So that's what I shoot all my weddings with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. mirrorless cameras are taking over the world. Really, really. It's just, it's, I've done that for the past, must be three years now. And it's, it's just, I could never go back. And I was very hesitant to change. So, because <laughs> um, I was a bit old school, but it really has just changed the way I shoot and also the confidence level, because these cameras just perform, you know, as opposed to what we talked about before, when you're starting out and you can't focus and mm -hmm. things are out of focus. And these cameras are, you know, they're machines that just really are incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, they're on a completely different level. And it's good that the photography industry is continuously improving and catering to photographers who want better experiences especially during a wedding you need to have lighter equipment because you don't want your yeah. neck to be in pain all the time carrying heavy equipment um, no exactly yeah. no that's true and no it's much lighter as well and it's just much quicker and it has like you know it responds and it has this eye focus so it finds the eye so you're not focused on the nose mm -hmm. <laughs> you know so it doesn't you don't come home with so many rejects that's amazing. An eye focus. I've never heard of that though. Wow. Oh, really? So it like tracks the eye in the Sony cameras, which is amazing. And so the eye is always in focus, which is super important for me, especially because the day is busy and fast paced. So just knowing that <laughs> things are in focus where they need to be Whoa. is just taking a lot of pressure off. Yeah, that's incredible to know. Wow, I'm yeah. kind of old school at the moment myself, so I'm a bit ignorant. <laughs> so I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, but no, no. Once you try it, you're just gonna be, you know, changed forever. <laughs> oh, life changing, life changing. Yeah, yeah, I can recommend it. <laughs> well, Sandra, I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? What is the one thing I'd like to achieve? Mm. 
I think I have this dream. It used to be like I, I was very focused on like achieving goals as being at front of magazines and and I've achieved a lot of those things. And I guess I I've come to realize maybe that didn't really do to me what I had hoped it would. So in terms of like, that's a really cool thing to do, but it's also not something that maybe feeds your person the way you hope for. And it's just like a disclaimer to say it's not all, <laughs> all it seems. But also now I think I really hope to be able to do something good in the world with my photography. And I don't mean like just wedding wise, um, I'm thinking much bigger and my dream is really to be able to work more with saving the planet and do more of nature photography. And I'm very involved in plastic in the oceans and trying to change that and written a children's book about that. So, so I have this like hope that, that that's towards that way that I'll go and, and um, yeah, in this <laughs> great big photography world, I guess that's my hope to kind of, be able to go out and change the world more than I have. You're an incredibly passionate and talented photographer, so I have absolutely no doubt that you will achieve those goals. And I want to thank you for sharing so much wisdom with me during this interview. I had so much fun speaking with you, and I can't wait to see all the photos you take in the future. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. It was so much fun to talk to you. Likewise, I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Great Big Photography World wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. I really appreciate the way that Sandra approaches her work. And I like that she cares a lot about the business side of things and thinks that it's an important part of photography. I hope that you learned a lot about the wedding photography industry, especially the high-end wedding photography industry, thanks to her stories. I'll see you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.